0: If God allows good to come from a non-ideal situation, is that a stamp of God's approval? Hey, that's a great question that has big implications when it comes to many matters of the Christian life, particularly the role of women in church ministry. Welcome to On My Walk, the reading podcast that helps you capture reading's aha moments and apply them to your life and leadership. Well, I'm 176 pages into Urban Apologetics, Restoring Black Dignity with the Gospel, edited by Dr. Eric Mason. Now, Dr. Mason writes, evangelizing in black communities is harder than ever. People are walking away from the church seeking to find their identity outside of Christianity. And they're believing the lies that black religious identity groups are telling them. So urban apologists are working tirelessly to win them back. Now, Dr. Mason's book includes 15 chapters that are divided into three parts. Part one is the context for urban apologetics. I mean, what is this thing called urban apologetics anyway, and why is it necessary? He's going to answer that question. Part two examines various black religious and ethnic identity groups. I mean, groups like the Nation of Islam, Kemeticism, Black Atheism, and others. Part three is going to look at tools for urban apologetics, and I'm looking forward to that because I get to read a chapter from my friend, Dr. Doug Logan. But for now, I'm in part two, which is comprised of six chapters that look at various religious and ethnic identity groups. Chapter nine captured my attention, It's by Dr. Sarita T. Lyons and it's entitled Black Women and the Appeal of the Black Conscious Community and Feminism. Now, Dr. Lyons is out to show us that African American women are facing a threat in disguise. She says the black conscious community claims to offer women a path to self knowledge, to community, to acceptance. And the feminist movement, well, it promises power and autonomy and freedom. But she sees all of those promises as lifeless lifeboats. That's her metaphor, lifeless lifeboats that denies God's good work in us. Because true identity, as she's going to point out, is found in Jesus. Now, I know that's a lot of background to answer the question I posed at the outset of this podcast but i want to keep her words in the context of the book in general and her chapter in particular so here's my question if god allows good to come from a non-ideal situation is is that a stamp of god's approval and perhaps what caught my attention about her raising that question Is she raised it in the context of the role of women in the church and against the backdrop of the influence of feminism and the black conscious movement, which elevates equality of the sexes? Now, you got to know, Dr. Lyons is not against equality of the sexes, but she questions the kind of equality that has little regard for the distinctive role in the function of men and women. She she questions the kind of equality that refuses to acknowledge the distinctions to be made from a biblical perspective, namely the respect for male leadership in the church and male leadership in the home. Let's listen to what she says as narrated by
1: Isaiah Young. A mindset that I believe is highly influenced by feminist thought, especially since there is a premium put on the self-defined agency of women, is the notion that women should be able to do anything a man does with the same fruitfulness because of her talent or giftedness. But God allowing good to come from a non-ideal situation is not a stamp of approval from God. Neither is a woman's ability to outperform a man in a particular ministry capacity. We see throughout Scripture that God frequently used people for kingdom work who were not highly gifted, but they were called by God. I call this issue the competency over calling debate. A woman may be able to get a job done just as well as a man, or in some cases, better than a man. But ability without authority is a moot point in God's kingdom. I love and highly respect many pastors who disagree with my views as too conservative and I know many pastors who view the freedoms I see in Scripture for women to minister, teach, and serve, as leaders in the church, as too liberal. We are reading the same text and seeing different things, and we may never all agree. There are things in Scripture that I'm still working through, studying, and asking the Lord to clarify. Most Christians are wrestling with the Bible on a multitude of topics. This is not a hill worth dying on because the debate regarding female pastors is not a core issue of the faith. There are weightier theological issues more central than this. Ultimately, men and women should humbly ask themselves, are my views mostly shaped by feminist ideologies, culture, sexism, church tradition, my own will, or a deep desire to interpret scripture with integrity and the help of the Holy Spirit? despite the fogginess of our own human understanding.
0: But God allowing good to come from a non-ideal situation is not a stamp of approval from God. Neither is a woman's ability to outperform a man in a particular ministry capacity. Now that is such a great point. Dr. Lyons does... I think a spectacular job of helping us diagnose why we have confusion about roles between women and men in the church in the first place. First, we've pursued equality apart from the biblical distinctions in roles of men and women in the church and at home. Second, we've allowed some women's ability to outperform a man, say for instance in preaching, and by the way, I've heard women who can preach circles around men, but we've allowed that to be the deciding factor of a role rather than what God says. And three, and I thought this was a great point as well. Some have so idolized the role of the pastor, which God has given to men, to the exclusion of other gifts that he's given to women, that some women have been ignored unless they're in that pastoral role. And what I so appreciate about Dr. Lyons is that she points us back to the determining factor for the role of women or any matter of faith. And that is, what does God say? You see, God's word trumps culture. And it's God's word that trumps popularity. And God's word trumps my feelings. And God's word even trumps success. And when we get a true picture of what God says, we see the amazing ways God has gifted women and equipped them to serve. Listen to what she says, again, as narrated by Isaiah Young.
1: It is incumbent on leadership to reevaluate areas where women have been regulated to serve that are not based on biblical prohibitions, but rather on cultural practices that may be extensions of sexism and misogyny. Black women should be affirmed to serve in greater capacities than the traditional roles of children's ministry, choir, and hospitality. The goal is to release women for expanded Titus chapter 2 and Great Commission mandates. Women can serve communion, teach men and women in appropriate settings, lead ministries in small groups, be theologians, seminary professors, apologists, deacons, evangelists, and missionaries, read scripture, Pray in public, be involved in social justice, develop curriculum, provide counseling, be trained for leadership, work on church staff, and speak on various platforms where they should be compensated like male speakers.
0: That is so good. So, to the title of the podcast Who determines the role of women in the church? God does. Not feminism, not the black conscious community. Not performance, not culture, and not even the good that may come from some who are serving in God's name. The word of God is the deciding factor. So, if God allows good to come from a non-ideal situation, is that a stamp of God's approval? Not necessarily. The deciding factor is always what does God say. And that's my thought on my walk with Dr. Eric Mason and Dr. Sarita Lyons in the book Urban Apologetics. Now the question is, what will you do with that thought on your walk through life today?